Welcome to Finish Well Radio, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, welcome to Finish Well Radio. I'm your host, Meredith Curtis, and I'm so excited to have my friend Laura Nolette with us. And Laura is always part of the show, but she's usually on the back end rather than up here with me. So, Laura, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me out. So, I'm going to have Laura tell a little bit about herself. You already know me. And then we're going to jump into talking about how our history co-op day led to a homeschool co-op. Hi, well, like Meredith, I am a homeschooling mother of a Christian family, and you've actually heard me probably on other radio shows with Meredith. I have four children. Now they're all grown adults and graduated from high school, but I had babies every two years there for a little while. My kids were all pretty much the same grades as Meredith's, and when they were close enough, we just graded, I mean, we just put them in the same classes together and called them the same grades. And it made life a lot easier for both of us. Yes, and we have had so much fun over the past few years. I'm going to just kind of take you back in time to the early 1990s. And I was a young mom, about 30. And I met Laura then. I was actually leading a Bible study group at our church. And Laura was part of our church, and she opened up her home. So that's how I got to meet her, because she was, you know, showing hospitality, and she was so sweet. And so then we ended up moving, and we ended up moving down to Florida to plant a church. And lo and behold... (laughs) Laura and Donald end up moving to Florida, and they became a part of our church. And so Laura and I just became the best of friends, and we had so much in common. And one of the things was homeschooling, because I had been homeschooling my kids to that point, and she was homeschooling too. So we just sort of really bonded over the homeschooling thing. Like she said, we met when we both lived in Virginia, and she moved away, and I started out homeschooling my kids while we were there. My family went through some pretty significant crises, and I didn't know how to combine homeschooling with everything else, and so I thought I was helping my children by putting them in school instead of continuing, and it took us two semesters, that's all, to figure out that they would have been better off with a pile of books staying home with me than what they went through going to school. Not any kind of abuse or neglect, nothing like that, but they didn't learn anything. And so we realized that for my children, homeschooling was the way to go. And so we decided to bring them out of school and start homeschooling again. By then, we were here in Florida. That was a miracle, too. We decided we needed to move away from Virginia because of part of what we were dealing with as a family. And my husband had two job offers in Florida, and one was in this local area of Central Florida, and one was in South Florida. And we got a newsletter one day from a man who we really respected, who had a ministry, and he started talking about this little church that he was eldering in Central Florida. And when we found out that it was Mike and Meredith Curtis, who we had met 
earlier at our church, we knew right then and there which job my husband needed to take and which church we needed to go to. So Meredith and I met again and started doing church together again. And one of the things that Meredith and I also have in common is an attitude of you may not be able to always go out and have fun, but you can always have fun with where you need to be. And so when we need to work hard, we just make it a point we're going to have fun with what we're working hard at. And so for Meredith and I, it's not hard to work hard all the time because it's part of the fun. And so that was our attitude when we were looking at doing history with our kids. We need our kids to work hard, but how can we have fun doing it? And so that's where it began. Laura, that is so funny because I was going to say, I was going to say one reason Laura and I hit it off so much is because we both like to have fun and we like to work. We like to do ministry, but we can have fun whatever we're doing. And so we've really been a productive, <laughs> a productive pair of friends over the years. We've done worship team together and we've been involved in not only our church co-op, but other co-ops, and we put on conferences together. We have just, you know, <laughs> if we hear about it and it sounds like it could be fun and glorify Jesus, then we're there. So now we don't have as much energy these days as we did in the early days. But one thing that I, I should say before we get started is that we never, ever tried to fix our kids up with one another. She has three boys and a girl, and I have four girls and a boy. We never did that. We committed to that. Like back in those early days, we committed to it. We just didn't feel like it honored the Lord. Well, lo and behold, um, is it a reward because we were good? (laughs) But lo and behold, her oldest son married my oldest daughter. So her first grandson, grandchild, my first grandson, grandchild, is little Rusty, that was kind of cool because we never expected to become related. We always were really good friends, and now we're family. And so we have Rusty Cooper, and now we have a little granddaughter. Her name is Annie. So not that they're more important than the children because they're not, but we are just so tickled to be grandparents. And our husbands, of course, are too, you know. And it's really cute to hear them talk baby talk with the kids and everything. But anyway, so back to the old days when we were young and we had energy a lot more than today. We're still pretty spry. But so here we are. So, you know, I'm in my late 30s. Laura's in her early 30s. And we have these children. And we want to have fun with them. And we want to do hands-on learning type of things. And so I love history. And I said, Laura, I love history, and it's so fun, and we listen to these audios. Why don't you all come over, and we can just listen to the audios together? So that's kind of how it started. One day a week, they would come over, and we would listen to Diana Waring. And I don't know if you've ever heard her, but she is so perky and so enthusiastic. And I I think that she instilled in me a love of history in the, my early years of homeschooling because I would buy her audios and I just loved them. Back then they were cassette tapes. But I didn't want to say that because, you know, I'm dating myself. But anyway, yeah, 
we, I loved her. So we started doing that. So they would come over, we'd have lunch together, and the kids were still really little. I mean, school wasn't like a huge part of the day back then. Then we'd go somewhere, we'd go like to Park on Park, this really cool park nearby. Or, you know, sometimes we would go to the beach together, or we would, you know, just go do something fun. So that's kind of where it started. But then, see, Laura is super, super, super creative. So she would say, well, you know, that reminds me of blah, blah, blah. And a long time ago, I made blah, blah, blah. And I would say, Laura, let's do that. Why don't we do that for history? And we can change it and make it like this. And so... So we started doing crafts. Craft, craft, craft. (laughs) And, of course, Meredith is great at research. So if I didn't already remember doing a project like that, she would come in with these weird pictures. Hey, can you make one of these? (laughs) So we're like, I I think we could figure out something that the kids can work with. And so we would make all these different crafts. And I have sewing machines because my mother is this amazing quilter. And so she always keeps me stocked with fabric and sewing machines. So we always try to figure out ways that we can use the sewing machines and grandma's fabric to make things. And and I love art. And so, uh, you know, I just love being able to look up things and about artists and, and the work they did and find pictures. And, you know, as soon as we were using the Internet, we found, you know, where are the, all the Internet museums I can find to show the kids the classic paintings. Of course, I preview them first because I don't want to show my son's pornography. So <laughs> I have to be careful about that. I was into drama as a teenager. And it was funny because my husband just loves the old radio shows. And so separate from homeschooling, he had found this great set of cassette tapes of old radio shows. So as a family, we used to sit around and listen to the old radio shows like families used to do when that's all there was. And then my sons thought it was so cool. They started making their own radio shows for fun. You know, the Nolette Brothers, and they'd make their own sound effects and everything. And so then we started thinking, well, if the kids can do that for fun, then maybe they would have fun doing it with a historical topic. And so they were making up little adventures, historically based fiction of their own, making these radio shows out of it and and models. And, you know, you'd be amazed at how many things you can make with an oatmeal container and, and castles and cannons. And we just had so much fun every time frame. We went through looking up different things, looking around the house, even at the grocery store. Hey, Mom, that box looks like the shape of that building that we talked about. And so sometimes we'd buy food just because the box was the right shape for making the activity and so that's kind of where our crafts came from now we have pinterest and so when we want to look up cabin when we want to look up crafts we just sit down on pinterest and get lost for hours (laughs) looking at everybody else's crafts so we we did that we added a lot of fun and i remember we were studying 20th century i think and the kids did some radio shows for world war ii and they were amazing they were just really amazing 
And I think that was during Zach's duct tape phase. He was making, like, he made a pair of jeans out of duct tape and a wallet. And, you know, the kids just had fun being creative. And so we also added timelines and we added maps. And Laura and I, we at first, we would buy newspaper rolls and we would just roll them out and the kids would make their own timeline. But then we actually started coming up with our own timeline figures that Laura made. And so now we have our own timelines and those are like all of that is just birthed in us year after year wanting to study history together and have fun. We would do maps. We would sometimes they would draw their own maps. Sometimes they would just fill maps in. Then what happened is we thought, how can we get the dads more interested because as we were studying things you know one year we studied American history one year we studied ancient world history one year we studied later world history and we did geography one year we decided hey let's study British history so we studied British history that was really exciting and you know as Americans colonial America was British so our heritage is really British and both Laura and I are actually of English descent And so anyway, so we're talking one day and, you know, this is Laura and I, like Laura and I, our lives consist of a lot of these conversations. One of us says, you know what would be really fun? No, that would be fun. (laughs) And then we just start talking. So, and then pretty soon we're making something or writing a book or, you know, anyway, that's us. But so this is what we did. So we said, how can we involve the dads? Well, my mama always taught me the way to reach a man's heart is through his stomach. (laughs) So, okay, my mom's not from the South, so she doesn't sound like that. But (laughs) my husband loves to eat. He loves to eat the food I make. And so we decided we were going to find out what food was being fed in the area or the time frame that we were talking about. And we would do our best to make a version of it now when we're studying antarctica there isn't really any food down there that would appeal to our family so we made fried chicken and called it fried penguin so like i said our version of it but you know and keeping in mind the kinds of foods our families like and dislike how flexible they are there's some foods that nobody in the family is interested in trying and so we have to veer greatly from the region or the time but we still try to bring it in somehow as a theme as a matter of fact i think this week at our co-op we're doing a potluck meal and i'm making something called squanto garden salad and has anybody ever had a dirt cake you know with cake and pudding (laughs) and gummy worms that's the squanto salad (laughs) so i think we can give our little friend steven credit for who one day told us his bowl of ice cream was his salad (laughs) so 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 a lot of times in 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 our meals for co-op and for history days sometimes when we called something salad it was not you know lettuce and vegetables (laughs) it could be something very different (laughs) so but we had fun with it and we just 
we actually did learn a lot of recipes from parts of the world and time frames that we don't eat in today. You know, when I was a kid, I heard of Spam, but I never knew about a Spam casserole until we were studying World War II. Right. And my kids actually loved Spam casserole. And so that was a fun way to include the dads. And I thought of something. We keep alluding to it, but we haven't actually said it. One of the things that we did to bring this all together is reading together. We yes, did. Thank you. That's we listened to the audios and we read. Yeah, it wasn't just the audios. We actually had a textbook. We've read a lot of different ones over the years, and we we keep changing as we find better ones. And so, as a matter of fact, Meredith has done so many reading of original documents. She's written her own history books. <laughs> so that was the result of all of our research. Has been well. We'll just write another one. It is important that whenever you're doing history days, whether it's you know a couple of families or a whole co-op, that you have what they call a spine to go from around everything else you're doing. Some kind of a textbook or some kind of an outline at the minimum, but you want to get your facts straight. You know, we can be very flexible with our menus, but we can't be so flexible with the facts. That needs to come from a place of truth. And sometimes we did use, one year when we did British history, we found a little Usborne British history book, and we kind of used that, and we used that as our spine, but we mostly read living books, and we actually read a lot of living books out loud, and even a lot of picture books. Now, what's interesting is I'm a real emotional person, so I can remember reading, what is it called? Keep the Lights Burning, Abby, and every time I would read that book to my kids out loud, you know, because over the period of, what, 24 years of homeschooling, I read it out loud several times, and I would always cry. I would just start crying, (laughs) and I would, oh, you know, and I would read books about heroes of the Lord, you know, and I would cry, and anyway, but it was really fun. We loved reading out loud, and my kids still to this day like to read out loud to each other. So in all that time, we really built a close-knit friendship between our two families. And whether our oldest children had gotten married or not, our families would still be close because their memories, so many of their memories of their childhood are with one another, and that's created a special bond. And so the other day I was watching, Laura, I was watching Rose and Cody kind of tease each other And just thinking they sounded more like brother and sister than friends, but they have grown up to be friends. It's very exciting. So anyway, um, as we did that, I think people began to see that our families were close and that our kids, they like to learn, especially about history. And things started to change a little from our family together history day. It's true, it did, and I guess whenever you do something that is very successful, other people get interested in it, and that's what was happening with us. We were teaching our children. We were having a really good time. Our children's friendship was becoming evident. She mentioned earlier that we were part of other homeschool groups, not just working this day together, and so in those other groups, the children and the parents started recognizing that our kids were friends and and close and had these great godly relationships to one another and so they were talking to us about what we do how we were getting to know one another and like every community does we had families going through changes 
and uh, one of our friends, the mom was having to go back to work. She had been homeschooling her two daughters, and she was going to be going back to work full time, and so she was, you know, a little bit nervous about what she was going to do with her daughter. Marla is so dear to both of us now, the young lady, um, and it all started there, I think. Meredith's daughter, Juliana, and Marla were friends at that other homeschool group, but she became close to all of us. It started with you know, that mom coming to us and saying, I'm not sure what to do. And Meredith probably was the one because she's the history lady. So, well, why don't you have Marla come join us? And at that point, we were getting into children in high school science classes. And Meredith is brilliant and could easily have handled these science classes. She just didn't want to, <laughs> didn't like to. But fortunately... I loved science, so I was willing and eager to help with that because that was the year that the kids needed chemistry or probably chemistry, maybe physics. Oh, it's been so long. And so, <laughs> so I started taking more of the responsibility of working with the kids in science classes, and Marla was one of those students. And so she started joining me for science, and she joined Meredith for history. And so our days were getting longer now because we were doing history together and lunch together and science together. And, and then we were, you know, all together there because it was just Marla, there was no need for her to go home and sit alone to do other school work she could just sit at Meredith's house or my house and continue doing her work and so we had you know our little group growing we also had a mom who went back to nursing school and while she was in nursing school she had said if I can get my clinical this day could your my daughter come and join you guys so we were like wow this is expanding then another young man joined us because his mom was not able to help him with the sciences. And so he went to Laura for a lot of help with the sciences. He's now an engineer, so Laura takes all the credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so this is all going on. And, so, and then another friend of ours was just in a really difficult family situation where her husband was very bad diabetic and had kidney failure and... There was just one medical crisis after another, and she desperately wanted to grow as a homeschool mom. And so she said, can I come and can I be part of what you're doing because I want to learn from you guys. Now, here's something that's very interesting. That was about 10 years ago, Laura. I would say 10, maybe yeah, 10 years that. ago. So her youngest is a senior. And now she is teaching classes at our co-op. So she went from just being nervous and I want to do this and I want to do it well, but I feel a little insecure. And now not only is she teaching classes, but she's helping other moms to become confident as a homeschool mom. That, I think, was really a great joy to see not only for our friendship to be a blessing to our two families, but also to be able to mentor other women as that was going on. The mentoring other women actually was a really huge part of what we were doing, even though it wasn't obvious. In the state of Florida, legally, the only people that can educate children are their own parents or certified teachers. 
and neither Meredith nor I have a teaching certificate. So it's not like we could just take over and be teacher to any of these other students. So the parents actually were involved. We only got together once a week, and we could answer questions. We could fill in gaps. We could discuss things. We could do projects together, labs, dissections. All of that kind of stuff, but really their parents were still their teacher. So we would be, if the parents weren't with us on that day that we would do history and science, we were in constant communication with their parents, what we're doing, what their student was doing, what they need to do at home with their student. And the parents didn't realize, but that was a mentoring of them through that whole process. They were seeing what needs to be done with them and their student together each week, even though we were with their student, you know, a little while out of each week. But it was a lot trying to encourage the parents to get involved. And I think that's why our one friend can teach today because of all the time that we spent, okay, this is what I did with your daughter, and this is what I need you to do at home while we're apart. I did with that same lady whose husband was so sick when the children were in middle school or junior high, whatever you call it, <laughs> we did a botany class together, Apology of Botany. And one of the things we did is bought a couple of hibiscus plants and cross-pollinated them. There were a bunch of other little projects through the day, but then I would talk to the mom about what we learned, what we did, and what we did as an activity. And they would go home and they would talk with their mom some more about it. And that was a neat way to do it because when the kids go home and tell mom about everything we did, it's reinforcing what they learned. And so it was actually another study technique to get the mom to talk to them again. Hey, ask them about what they did today and so that was a big part of it with the kids I just remembered something else and I can't believe I forgot this we're talking about mentoring we had a young woman give her heart to Christ when she was about 19 and she became very interested in our history days and she actually planned she was a hairstylist and she also eventually went back to college she actually planned her classes and her um, hairstyling appointments to be able to be involved in our history days. And, yeah, you forgot too, right? Did, yeah. And um, and so it was so exciting. So right now, this makes me want to cry. <laughs> right now, she is homeschooling her little son who is five years old. And what an exciting thing, you know. And she kind of had... An education, when she was going to school, she wasn't that interested. So she learned so much from those days and ended up having desire to go to college. But anyway, now she's home. She's a mom. She has three kids, and she's homeschooling her little one. Yep, that's a lot of fun. We get to see Micah once a week at our co-op because he joins us for astronomy this year. So he's come a long way, too, already. But as can be expected... The families kept joining our little history days, and we realized <laughs> this is big, and this isn't a history day anymore. This is this has got to be a co-op. We need to turn this into something a little more structured, and we've got to give jobs because we can't keep doing everything for everybody in this. And so <laughs> that was the yeah. birth of our co-op. Now, we actually, because of... All of our dealings with church and dealings with other co-ops and knowing the kinds of troubles that people run into with these kinds of organizations, believe it or not, the first thing we did was we spent the summer talking about what we want our co-op to look like, what we want our co-op to stand for, talk to the pastor. 
Meredith's husband, about can we be under the covering of the church, and then what does that mean for our rules about who can be part of the co-op? And so we did think about all that legalese kind of things that go along with a co-op. And if you're thinking about starting a co-op, you really need to spend some good amount of time thinking about those kinds of things because you need to understand what the laws are in your state. You need to understand what the um, extent of what a co-op can do. And so even like with our history days, we're aware of what we could do and what would keep us in compliance with the laws of our state. So, you know, we believe in our freedoms, but we're not going to pick a fight with the state either. And so, so that's kind of where things started moving. And at first we just tried to keep things the way they were. Like we tried to still listen to the audios and do a lot of reading out loud. And we found that was a more of a challenge when there were 20 kids in the room to try to keep everyone quiet enough to listen to an audio or to try to read some of the books out loud. So I ended up having to read shorter out loud because we had, of course, trained our children to sit for an hour and a half and listen to books and listen to audios, but other parents hadn't necessarily done that. So we had to kind of adjust, and that was hard for me at first, I'll be honest, because they're two totally distinct things to spend a day together with another family learning together or maybe two other families compared to having like more of a structured co-op because number one there's more people when there's more people I know you probably don't want to hear this but whenever there's more people there tends to be more conflict and there's always going to be conflict whenever people get together even if they're good Christians it's just the way things are and of course there needed to be more structure like we had to say okay well this needs to end at this time and this needs to end at this time and that was that was a little bit weird too because we'd always been more laid back but now if other people were going to teach things they needed to know like I remember the first time Mary taught art appreciation she was like what time am I teaching and how long do I have and that was her first question and that made me realize okay we're like we're in a brand new season you know and so I I loved both like I don't think I would compare the two and say I like this one better or that one better because it to me it's like comparing apples and oranges God just wanted Laura and I to be able to welcome more people into our world, and we were obedient to him. And in doing that, yes, we did sacrifice. We sacrificed some of our family time together, but we also gained a lot. And, you know, we gained help, people helping us, people carrying other loads. And so it was a really, I think for the most part, Laura, I don't know how you feel, but I thought it was a pretty smooth transition. We we the first year that we had an official co-op, we met at this woman's house who just had a beautiful beautiful home and several several rooms that were isolated from each other. My house is wide open, you know, so it's really hard to find three separate rooms. Not that there's not a lot of rooms in my house, but they all there's kind no of walls. There's no walls, <laughs> right? That's it. So, you know, you can hear everything. And I remember teaching economics one year up in my homeschool room. And Laura was down teaching government, and she was playing some game with them. And every once in a while you hear, ah! you know, and they would be screaming, and they'd be so happy. So, you know, there were challenges, 
But all in all, it really, for, for the two of us, went pretty smoothly. I agree. It was a really smooth transition. While we had to cut back on the reading time and the listening time in class, we still continued doing great things like all the hands-on fun, looking at classic pictures. I get the privilege of teaching music appreciation every year with the co-op, so I bring in lyric sheets and I make them all sing. And so we're singing all these old, like this year it's American history, so we're back to all those old American folk songs that I used to love singing when I was a kid, so now I have an excuse to sing them again. And so that's a lot of fun. And um, we still do timelines, we still work with maps, and we've got great, we have had great moms. Some are very creative, some are very neat and tidy which is what you want for a map and so uh, and and so we have all we've had all this help and it's been fun there are a lot of people who keep telling me I'm not creative I'm not creative don't ask me to be creative and I'll hand them a craft instruction sheet I'm like well you don't have to be creative but you can you do this and they'll read through like I can do that and I can teach people how to do that too like okay great you don't need to be creative but you can create and I think it's been encouraging for the moms who've worked with us in it because they start realizing, okay, this this being creative thing isn't necessarily just you coming up with things out of nowhere from your brain. You f- you can find instructions. I mean, most of the really quote quote creative things that I've done, I found instructions somewhere. Or somebody taught it to me, and so we've continued doing all that and having a lot of fun with that. And and I think the most, I mean. The two most important things that we've come out of the history days and the co-op is the kids have been learning, and we've had some really great memories. We have some really great friendships with generations, not just the moms who are working with, but the kids. And, and I know I really love all these kids that have come through. And there are times when my, my husband and my sons will just look at me, Mom, you're working so hard. My son's graduated. He looks at me still, Mom, you're working so hard. These aren't even your kids. And I'm like, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? You know, I love these kids, and I like doing it, so why can't I be in there with their parents doing it? My husband and my son are like, okay, (laughs) all right, can't argue with that. And, you know, that is true, because, Laura, you feel such a need. So many moms, homeschool moms, are terrified of science in high school, and that's what Laura's talking about. She does physics, she does chemistry, she does biology, and biology lab. Ooh, gross. And she loves it. Right now we're doing astronomy, and she's put together this amazing class. And it's all ages, everyone from my grandson, Rusty, who is three, all the way up to seniors in high school. And they're learning together in labs. They're divided up for some of the classwork. But, wow, she's really been incredible. And I just want to thank you guys, you know, for joining us, for listening, because no matter where you are in your homeschooling journey, it would be really fun to at least have a year where you do some homeschooling with another family or as part of a co-op just for the experience of working with other people of a same mindset. And I know for me, I'm so grateful that the Lord brought Laura and Donald to Central Florida and that we became friends and we homeschooled together. And now we're family But we've always been family because we belong to the Lord. And that has been one thing that's been really exciting is to 
labor in the kingdom together. And homeschool co-op has been not only an opportunity for us to teach, you know, me teach history, Laura teach science, but really for us to impart our faith and our love for Jesus and to tell these children, Jesus loves you, he's with you, and to tell the moms, Jesus loves you, he's with you, and God picked the perfect mom for your kids. You are the perfect mom for your kids. So anyway, I hope this has encouraged you. God bless you. Thank you so much again for listening. And may God establish your family and bless you in every way. Good night. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Radio with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Radio Network.